Yo, what's up? What's up? This is your boy right here, Sina Azari, CEO Accredited. We're coming at you from All Mindset Studios. We got an exciting guest that I can't wait to introduce you to. But of course, you know my boy right here, the People's Advisor, Matt Franchina. Yo, what's up, everybody? Excited to get this day going. It's such a beautiful day. We're living in paradise, but uh, this, this guest I got here, many of you already know who he is. If you haven't had the privilege of meeting him in person, he is just as humble and as real as uh, the man that you're seeing behind the camera. What's up, Mr. Carlos Gill? What's going on, gentlemen? It's great to be here with uh, with all of y'all in this amazing studio. I've, I've got to say, I've never been to an office, especially that's in financial services, that has a podcast studio. Thank you, man. Like this Thank one you. Here. Thank you. This is the new era, man, and, and we appreciate you making the drive out here. So uh, how's, how's life been going for... Uh, for, for, for the Gill, Gill Media and the Gill family? Uh, you know what? It's it's like anything else in life. It's, it's a roller coaster. You have your highs and you have your lows, but uh, it's been a it's just been a wild ride over the last year or so. I'm excited that it's 2018. Uh, it's my first full year here in Los Angeles. I was previously in San Francisco, and it's my first full year back in business for myself full time. Well, well, you look like things are going real well, man. I mean, if I had to guess, for those of you that can't see him right now but hear him, this guy looks like he just stepped off a yacht, man. He's got a fresh cut. The the the, the tan is live. I mean, the, the Miami flavor is definitely coming out here, and, and you can feel it. Yeah, man, it's awesome to see. Um, just watching and getting to know more about you over the last you know, few months has been it's, – it's cool to see your evolution and how there's similarities and parallels from the, the corporate into the working for yourself. So you said you're back in business for yourself now. Um, what does that look like? Well, you know, I think I think we're always in business for ourselves. I'm back in business for myself full time. So I've spent the last six years working on the corporate side, and it's interesting how I got into corporate marketing. Uh, to take you know several steps back, I actually started my career in the banking industry. Okay. Back in in 2002, and I worked in banking all the way up until 2008 when the economy took a, a downturn, and I found myself laid off. So with no college education to fall back on, I turned to social media. Who to, could relate, man? A lot of people yeah. in the same shoes. And I turned to social media to, to really find my next opportunity. And in that, I became inspired to start up my first company, which back then was an online job board. It was Jobs Direct USA. And that really, it put me on the map because it gave me an opportunity at a very young age. I was 25. I'm 34 now, so I was 25 when I started my first business. But it really gave me an opportunity to go out and build something. And what that something evolved into was a company that helped thousands if not hundreds of thousands of professionals in the u.s find jobs during some of the darkest moments in our country and the lessons well said, the lessons i walked away from from that with was the reality i did not know how to run a business at 25. i, I learned about marketing because again i didn't go to school to, to learn these things so i learned it hands-on i spent a lot of nights watching gary v videos and really studying the craft of what we know as marketing today and social media and growth hacking on twitter and all these other platforms. So where I'm going with this is in 2000 and, and 2011, beginning of 2012, I was offered an opportunity to go start up social media for one of the largest supermarket chains in the country called Winn-Dixie. Wow. And I honestly went into this job thinking it was gonna be a three month gig. And I thought, you know, I'm not really a corporate guy. I've never worked in corporate marketing. I'll go in, I'll help these guys out, get them set up with their corporate Facebook page, corporate Twitter, and I'll be out. Well, that ended up landing me uh, another job after two years at Winn-Dixie running digital marketing, another supermarket chain called, called Save-A-Lot. Then I got an opportunity to go work for LinkedIn, which was cool, which brought me out to the West Coast before my last gig, which is called BMC. So it's, it's a six-year run in corporate America. In that, in that time, though, I was building the brand that you guys see today on social media. I was doing 
you know, speaking engagements, doing some consulting on the side. And I got to this point where I started realizing I can make more money for myself working for myself full time than really that. being, you know, tied down to a 40 hour job plus a, another 30 or 40 hour side hustle. That's the entrepreneur, man. And and for those that, that haven't had the, the chance of yet looking into your material, where can they find you out there? Maybe Instagram, Facebook. Can you share with them? where they can maybe pull you up and check you out at? Well, you can go to my website, which is carlosgill.biz, or you can find me on Instagram or on Twitter, at carlosgill83. At carlosgill83. And this this uh, gentleman's media company is definitely out there leading the ranks. When when did Gill Media come about? You know, Gill Media is, a, is an idea that I've had in my mind for a few years now. I've worked with a lot of bad agencies, to be honest with you. I've worked with a lot of agencies that don't understand social media because the reality is they've never had to do my job before. They've never done the job of a, of a CMO, in fact. And, and then you find out a lot of agencies out there, they're advising strategy, and you see this even with thought leaders, marketing thought leaders, not to throw shade at anyone specifically, but... You know, you hear from people that want to preach how to create content, how to do social right. media, how to do community management, but they've never actually done the job before. So you encounter this over and over with agencies and, and you start thinking, wow, the day that I step away from collecting a paycheck to actually paying other people's bills is the day that <laughs> if you want to hate on me now because I'm getting on a couple stages, watch. You're really not going to be happy when I'm your competition. And that's, that's where we're that, at man. now. And, and we're all looking for more haters out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> all day. Absolutely. Oh, they're uh, out there. Oh, yeah. We just <laughs> got to get exposure to them, right? Um, you know, I think we're going through like this weird sort of shift, right, with how easily you can expose yourself to the world using social media and stuff like that. We've got people who either had made it and are advising not knowing how this new world works, right, like some of these agencies. Then you have people who say, wow, let me get out there and start sharing with people how to do this even though I haven't even done it yet, right? There's so many coaching and uh, join my master class and join these things. And some of the people might really be masters at it, right? But take us back, you know, for yourself. I think you've had a lot longer social media marketing sort of career before you hit the map to where people really started knowing who you were and maybe recognizing you um, without having to have an introduction. So what's that history look like? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I'll, I'll be out at a conference and someone will walk up to me and they'll say, like, man, you're killing it. Almost like if they just learned about me. That's that's the impression I get. Someone will say, like, you're killing it. And I let them know, man, I've been killing it for the last 10 years. You just didn't know I existed. Well said. And well killing said. it is, I think when people say that, is the perception of you're everywhere. You're in people's faces. You're in people's news feeds. But in order to get to that point, you have to really understand the craft. And you have to be – I believe you have to be successful in doing something, whether it's making money or, or getting impressions or getting people to like you. You have to understand how this ecosystem works. Uh, to your point, I've been in this business from a, from a true entrepreneurial standpoint. I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you gentlemen today if in 2008 and 9 and 10, when legitimately I wasn't making much money back then, if I didn't believe in myself and continue to force myself to learn, I wouldn't be at this point today. And I think when it comes to masterminds, you have a lot of people out there that are trying to sell fluff. If you really, if you want to get in the game quickly, buy this mastermind. But once you're in the mastermind, you're not really getting anything of value or of substance. Easy come, easy go. You know, you just mentioned that uh, you, you put in the time. 2018 seems to be an exciting year for you. Share with us what, what's in lineup for Carlos Gill in 2018. I mean, I'm excited already for Gary Vee's agent 2021. You're going to be out in Miami. But share with us what else you have going on the roster for 2018. My mantra going into this year is to is to really do more but work less. So it's to be more strategic with how I use my time. 
and speaking engagements is a top of my list of priorities. I want to do a TED Talk this year. It's a big, wow. big uh, goal of mine, or a TEDx. Cool. Uh, I want to write books at the same time and it really grow Gill Media Company to be one of the largest digital marketing firms well said. In, in, in the world. Wow, I, I like that. Do it. I like that. So um, share with us as far as, uh, how did you end up linking up with uh, Gary? Have, have you guys done uh, any type of speaking engagements together before? Is this the first one for you? or? So, you know, it's, it's funny how I learned about Gary back when Gary came out with Crush It back in the day, almost 10 years ago now. I was a young guy back then, and my mom, who was a big fan of Gary and still is, in fact, she's going to be at Agent 2021 next that's week. Cool. That's cool. My mom. What's up to mom? Yeah, what's up, Millie? <laughs> she's actually a real estate agent. Or actually, no, she's a broker. She'd kill me if I should say she's an agent. Well she's said. Hey, that's the broker life right there. I agree with that. My mom's been in real estate, honestly, as long as I can Where, where is your mom's brokerage, by the way, just to give some love of? So it's in uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida, right outside Palm Beach County. Okay, so Port Port. Port St. Lucie. Port St. Lucie. Bold like real it. estate group. Most important question, we get some Cuban food, home-cooked Cuban food. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Come on over. My parents, my parents love to cook. They love to have guests. But no, so my mom's a big fan of Gary. Always has been dating back to the days of Wine Library TV. So Crush It comes out. And she says, you know, Carlos, you need to read this book by this guy named Gary Vanderchuk. Wow. And, what and, cool intro. and I was like, well, why, Mom? She's like, there's just so many things about him that remind me of you just in the way that he speaks about his family and his parents and his parents being immigrants. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't read much when it comes to books. Uh, I read online content. You know, Maybe that's the millennial side of me, but I just don't sit down. So I actually one night was on YouTube, and I came across a Gary Vee keynote, and it really just changed my life. And from that moment forward, I was like, wow, this guy, there's something about him that's special. And what it was about Gary was he made me feel comfortable with really embracing myself and who I am. It wasn't so much, you know, the, the thought leadership aspect of learning social media, but it was more or less, you know, you can be yourself. And if people don't like who you are, you know what? There's 7 billion people in this world that, do. that, that, that can potentially <laughs> like you if one of them out there doesn't. But I've been following Gary very closely. I haven't had an opportunity to speak on some of the same stages as him cool. uh, over the last couple of years. And I've had an opportunity to, to you know, meet with him several times and you know, get some one-on-one some -on -one time. And I'm really excited about Agent 2021. It's pretty dope to be speaking at the first uh, Vanier Experience Conference. Well, it's going to be with. a big conference, too. It is going to yeah, be a big conference. It's going to be my hometown. Shout out to the 305. Yeah, I'm excited to see both of you there. Uh, CEO accredited here, as humble as he is, doesn't want to mention it, but I know both of you guys are on stage, We're different excited. segments and stuff, so it's going to be a really good time. I like that, man. Um, I, I wanted to dig into the mindset a little bit behind this idea of, you know, everyone comes up to you and says that they're you're killing it, right? You're crushing it and stuff like that. I want to see if my mind's thinking the same way, but sometimes you hear things like that in your own world and you – you think to yourself like, damn, I don't think I'm killing it. Like in my own mind, right, there's so much more left to go and maybe they're judging it on where they're at and what they've done. But am I on track with that? Like do you feel there's like leaps and bounds and a long long runway ahead of you? You know, there's, there's absolutely different levels to making it. I think the perception is once you're speaking on stages and once you have, you know, a, a cool resume uh, with companies like LinkedIn on it or people are seeing – the highlights, if you will, there's this perception that you're doing really well for yourself. And it doesn't hurt when you have someone like my man, uh, Anthony, here in the room that's recording me. But that's a part of the game of marketing and brand yeah, building. You have to be able to document the journey if you really want to grow this critical mass of getting people to relate to you. And I know there's this debate. I'm not going to I'm not deflecting to your question when no. it gets to in a moment. But there's this there's this mindset of personal branding and 
you'll have a lot of folks out there that say you don't need to have a personal brand in order to, to be successful. And you're absolutely right. You don't need to have one. But if you want to grow your brand to an exponentially higher level than the average peers that you surround yourself with, then guess what? You have to document the highs and lows. You have to be willing to show your humility. There's times back in the day, you know, I get goosebumps even saying this, but in 2009 and 10 when I was making no money and I was legitimately broke and my home in Florida was being foreclosed on, back then I would go on Facebook and I would literally ask people if they knew anyone they could put me in touch with that was a potential client. Like people like rooting for the underdog. And if you show your humility, then you'd be surprised how many people are willing to help you if you just ask for help. Mm -hmm. So when people now come up to me randomly at a conference and they say, dude, I see you everywhere. Well, the reason why you see me everywhere is because I'm running Facebook ads. For, right, right. And I'm targeting yeah. my Facebook ads to a very specific audience yeah. to ensure that when you go on anywhere of Facebook's ad network, like a Forbes, you're going to see my content there. So, yes, you're right. You're seeing me in the places where you're consuming content. But am I everywhere? Absolutely not. I'm not speaking in Dubai. I'm not speaking at not every uh, web summit, every major conference. But I'm on a path that I have high aspirations for myself. But the reality is this isn't about me. I'm, I'm one person that's trying to change the world and make the world a better place and teach people one person at a time. Uh, in terms of making it, no, I haven't made it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very humble and honest when I tell people. You know, I, I you know, have a very modest lifestyle. Uh, I'm not one of those people that you're ever going to see that's like flashing like the nice car or watch or anything like that. It's never been my MO or my style. My... My mission statement is to educate, motivate, and inspire. And you are doing it with a tremendous amount of passion. I mean, I, I could feel the energy right here from, from hearing you speak. Uh, so, you know, go, going back to where you were going to end up talking about uh, where you would, I guess, consider you made it. Um, so many individuals, they want what you were able to create so quick. And I appreciate you sharing that struggle. Where was it, I guess, in your greatest growth opportunity? Because hearing you speak, you can clearly identify that you're an entrepreneur. Um, you, you are sharing the experiences and stories of what every entrepreneur who's been in the business long enough has gone through the motions. Where where do you get your motivation from? I mean, wh- where, where has been the most uplifting moments for you to to go wow, to to say, hey? That's a deep question. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. I, I feel this. So where <laughs> take us back to the real deal. You know what? It's, it's my parents. I don't want to disappoint my mom and dad. So my parents gave me a very nice upbringing as a kid. My parents have always been entrepreneurs. I was always blessed to be able to go to private schooling as a kid and you know, grew up in a household with a Porsche and, you know, six or seven bedrooms just to be very transparent. So these are things I saw growing up as a kid. And these are things as an adult I aspire to have. And I've never been one of these kids that goes and asks his parents for a handout. Even when I was at my darkest moment, my mom and dad were sitting right here in this room. They would tell you, our son never came to us. We never even knew that he was going through hard times financially because he never even came up to us and even asked us for, for help because that's just always been my, my MO. At eight or 19 years old, I got married for the first time. My parents wow, wow. said, you're on your own now. So you're moving out of the house. Don't ask us for a dime. And that always stuck in my mind. So it was just really this, this upbringing. My, my dad has a military background. Okay. Uh, both of my parents are from Cuba. So they're entrepreneurs. They're, they're hustlers. So not wanting to disappoint them. And I'm sure there's a lot of times throughout my lifetime that I've done that. But really as an adult, uh, really wanting to impress them. And then also I've got kids of my own. So it's, it's about this legacy that I, some, I someday want to be able to leave something for my kids, whether it's I write a book that changes people's lives, whether it's, you know, YouTube content that, God forbid, if I get hit by a bus, you know, tomorrow and I don't exist anymore, that my kids can look back and they can ex- actually see who their father was. Wow. 
Talking about a book, you said uh, leaving a legacy. That's one of your projects. You're writing a book, and you also I, I heard that you're traveling now. You're uh, having a fairly significant influence in South America. Talk about or share with us a little bit about serious your travel, travel plans. Man. Yeah. So you know, South you're going America, international man. This guy, global is the new local. Let me let you know. Ah, <laughs> global is the let new me, local. Let me tweet that out. We are we are right now with the international. So go ahead, Carlos. Sorry about it's that. It's the worldwide. <laughs> I like that. Global is the new local. That's real estate right there. That's real talk. <laughs> So two years ago, I was in Puerto Rico doing a keynote for a conference there. And uh, the gentleman who's here in the room with us, Anthony Loyola, who uh, travels with me, records with me. I, I like to call him a, a producer of my brand because he's been very influential with what you guys have seen over the last couple of years. So Anthony... The guy's got some fashion too, man. He's got some fashion. Let's just keep it real. Link in bio. He does. <laughs> Actually, while he's filming The Hustle Diaries, which is our vlog right now, I think wow. we just... He just turned the camera on himself. But I was in Puerto Rico, and Gary, er, not, not Gary, Anthony walks up to me and says, hey, man, if you want to take your brand to another level, like if you want to be someday on a, like a Gary V type you know, ecosystem, you have to start expanding outside of the United States. And you're bilingual. You understand marketing, social media, and you have the opportunity to come into Latin America and not only go to Puerto Rico, but Dominican Republic, Colombia, Mexico, et cetera, and do what you do, but do it for a Latino audience. And you know, it really stuck with me. And I remember that entire flight home. I was living in San Francisco at the time, so I was flying from San Juan to San Francisco, and I started thinking, "Wow, like, who are the players in LATAM? Who are the Hispanic and Latino players for what I do?" And the reality is that when I go to a conference, there's one Carlos at most of them. And we're looking at it right now. And you're looking at it. That's it. And there's not a lot of people that speak Spanish in terms of as speaker and thought leader level. And the reality is the United States is, you know, even though this is home for, for us, it's become oversaturated with a lot of people who have a lot of the same ambition. They want to be on stages. They want to speak. They want to be authors. They want to be coaches. They want to be gurus. But what sets you apart? And I started really thinking what Anthony said to me. I could really go to Latin America. I could take what I've done in the United States and I can apply it at different, you know, for a different market. So last year I spoke in Bolivia, Colombia, Mexico, Panama, wow. Dominican Republic, uh, this year, I've got you know some other events that I'm working on as well in Latam, and the plan is to is to actually write two books. It's one drop a book in Latin America on social media marketing. Wow. The other is to drop a book almost simultaneously here in the United States. That's exciting, man. amazing. You, you plan it right, you'll be on an endless summer. You're just kind of floating around the United States, or the world. That's pretty cool. Um, so. When it comes to all this travel and stuff like that, how do you like juggle it, right? Like, cause you're not bringing your family with you, right? You seem like a family guy. You talk about having kids and stuff like that. Like, how does how, did that create a new uh, <laughs> hurdle, you know, for you in this like life and growth? And I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. So over the last year, I went through a divorce, and it's it's not a secret. So uh, those that follow me in my network know. Uh, so I've gone through a divorce over the last year, and I think a big part of that. Uh, without getting too far down this, this rabbit hole, would be as a 34-year-old guy having one shot to make it in life. It's very hard to balance uh, trying to have a career and be quote-unquote successful with trying to be the best father, best husband around. And this is something that not a lot of people talk about. It's uh, become kind of hush-hush. Yeah. You talk about a lot of people that are showing their balance, but you're not hearing a lot about the reality of... Well said. Uh, you know what happens behind the scenes and behind the scenes there's a lot of lonely moments there's a lot of you know flights red-eye flights by yourself there's a lot of you know emptiness 
uh, your family's not around, your kids are not around, and you start to drift apart. So I've gone through that. Maybe someday I'll talk about, you know, maybe the balance a little bit more. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it did. It did. I didn't, I didn't uh, know <laughs> maybe, what direction maybe, we were going. Maybe open it, up yeah. a little Pandora's box. Well, no, no, well, you know, it's, it's definitely lonely at the top, but it's one hell of a view, man. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, be, be part of just uh, witnessing the continued growth of your journey. You're impacting so many individuals, and you bring so much value with the content that you share. Pretty selfless, very servant leadership type. So uh, that speaks highly of, of your humble roots. And for someone like myself who didn't know your upbringing, uh, being in a fairly uh, privileged lifestyle and uh, growing to a point to where you know that you can obtain those materialistic items, but they are not as significant as the legacy you leave behind is something that I think our generation is missing. And you're a great mentor and leader for individuals who are maybe looking for someone who might be in a similar predicament and know that those same pressures growing up as a child don't have to exist as an adult because it's clear that you can obtain those things for yourself, but you're on such a greater mission. And uh, I'm grateful for you to have uh, shared that with us today. Yeah, so one thing I, I am super intrigued about, right, you made this transition from English and said, let me go international Spanish. Well, the first time you get on a stage and you talk to people, there's this like adrenaline. You talk about it in some of your videos, right? You keep getting this adrenaline pump. When you then go and start over in another language, right? And I was sort of worried to call my, to you call me out on my Spanish oh, sucking. So, so I'll call myself out, right? I, I was like, man, should I bring up that we're both Cuban or not? Because you can call me out. My Spanish is terrible. Pero, pero hablas español. Un poco, pero un you know. Sí, un poquito. No practicas mucho. No, necesita más práctica. Oh, that's good. Um, so did you have this feeling of like almost this newness? You get on stage, you're about to go in Spanish the first time, and it's like the butterflies. What? There's, like the beginning? You know, anytime I go on stage, there's, there is, in fact, a big adrenaline rush. And then as soon as I go out on there, it's like, it goes away. It's And then I'm on this, like, high. I'm on this cloud. It's, it's like the dopamine rush. Right, right. And uh, are you guys pro wrestling fans? Hey, man, I'm a dopamine fan, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up watching the Iron Sheik, man, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage. So that's the pro wrestling that I know. Yeah, like, I grew up watching all that, too, back 100%. in the day. Old school WWF. <laughs> so I kind of feel like that. Like, I, you know, me walking out on stage as, like, Ultimate Warrior, going down the ramp and then getting in the ring. And as soon as I'm out there, it's my show. Well, in Latin America, the audiences are massively larger. Like, you're speaking to three or 4,000 people at one time as opposed to, like, couple of hundred wow. in the room and the audience is expecting for you to bring it deliver the, the mm -hmm. audience in latin america they they're they're tough they're not expecting fluff they're expecting that someone is and i'm talking about the stages i've spoken on i'm speaking on there with executives that used to or currently work at companies like coke and facebook and microsoft uh, I was in uh, Mexico City and spoke alongside, you know, one of the former executives at Alibaba. Like these are big wow. shot Absolutely. executives, so the audience is expecting real tactical advice that they can execute in their business and not just BS and fluff. So the first couple times, I was more or less just nervous as a different audience. It's not what I can relate to coming here in the states. And then I'll share with you uh, the first time I was asked to do a full keynote in Spanish. I was in Panama, and literally. Right before I go on stage, the event organizer walks up to me and says, hey, can you do your keynote in Spanish? And up until this point, I was just doing my keynotes in English. And then a lot of these conferences would have the, the translators there. So I was like, oh, what? You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I can speak Spanish fluently, but in terms of the flow, the words don't translate the same when you're right. speaking about marketing in English as when you speak about it in Spanish. So that day, when I got off stage, my shirt was soaking wet. It was just, like, wet, man. Like, I just got out of a swimming pool. And then I went to Peru and I did a bilingual talk. 
and it was more chill because I knew the key points where I really needed to speak in English. I don't know if you guys kind of sense this seeing me here in front of you, but when I'm on stage, I go through these like peaks and valleys with my energy. So there's times where I get really energetic and ramp up and then I'll kind of slow it down. And same thing happens, you know, when you're trying to translate from English to Spanish. You know, so there's a lot going on in the brain. You're still trying to deliver that excitement and that energy. But uh, in this year, my, my goal is anytime I step on a stage in South America, it's just fluent Spanish all cool. the way. I think that all those things firing in your brain are going to progress you two, three times faster than most other speakers will. Because you're going to become cultured in front of different types of audiences and people. And like in my business in financial services, I just worked so much and tried so many things. I, I feel like I have 16 years of experience, but I've only been doing it eight to nine years. And I think that all this stuff happening in your head is so different than most other people. It's pretty fascinating to hear you talk about it. It's cool stuff. So who are some of the, maybe the companies or individuals that you want to collaborate with uh, in 2018? I mean, are, 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 you, are you into strategic partnership collaboration? Or are you more, you want to run your own deal? You know, strategic partnerships, anyone that, that wants to take their game to the next level. I know that sounds, you know, just, you know, really open. But uh, any, real. You know, it is real. Any, any talent, any creators, you know, one of my big focuses for coming out here to L.A., is to be able to work with creators and work with talent. And it's a part of the business that I've come to learn, becoming friends with YouTubers and Instagrammers out there. I recognize that a lot of these folks are good at what they do, which is creating, but they could use some help with someone like myself or Guild Media representing them, pitching them to brands. And then likewise, on the flip side, with brands being able to go ahead and work with brands that wanna go ahead and just honestly start with a clean slate on their social media and just start building and growing because the game is changing. You're hearing mm -hmm. about things now like bots and AI right. and, and messaging apps like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Instagram Stories. This is a whole nother layer of social media that you've got brands that haven't been able to even figure out Facebook yet right. or Twitter. And now you're having to go ahead and incorporate all these other mediums along with the demographics too. You've got Generation Z. You know, Millennials aren't the young kids yeah, on right, the block right. anymore. Right. Now it's Gen Z that's expecting a different experience. And the reality, and I always say this in my keynotes, people don't want to be sold to. They want to be engaged. Right. Or they want to be educated. Or they want to be entertained. Quote that right there. They don't want to be sold to. They want to be engaged. Yeah. So even like for what you guys do, right? Think about that. People don't want to be sold products. They want to be educated on how your products or right. services make it different in their life. That's not just for what you guys do. It's for any company out there. Mm -hmm. But most companies are just trying to push product. Most companies are, are looking at a platform like Facebook as an easy vehicle to sell, but think about Mr. and Mrs. CMO that's not even using Facebook. Think about the digital marketers at these companies that they're not even eating their own dog food because they're not going on social media to consume brand content. Wow. One of the first questions I ever ask in, in my keynotes is by show of hands, who woke up this morning and the first thing that you did was you went on Facebook to see what your favorite brand posted. And I've been in auditoriums with thousands of people, not one hand will ever go up. Because the reality is that we as consumers are using social media to socialize. We're using it to see what our friends are doing. We're using it how you and I linked up, That's how right. we got to this point. That's right. It wasn't to see each other's business content necessarily, but I tell you what. It started that way. If there's business, <laughs> but if there's business content is adding value, which has become yes. that proverbial buzzword, but it's true. If there's content out there that's either the three E's, educating, entertaining, um, or engaging, then at that point, you're now taking content and you're putting it into context. Content into context, man. So, you know, they say uh, culture creates content. What are some of the ways that you'd recommend individuals who 
uh, want to take their social media presence to the next level. You're an expert. You know, give give some maybe uh, some of the Carlos Gill five top top tips, hints of what N- number I would do. one is. You have to be persistently annoying, and I think my dude over there, Anthony, would probably agree. Uh, can I get a head nod, Anthony? You have to be persistently annoying. The reality is not everyone out there is going to like you. Okay. Uh, you know, I've gone through this. Anyone that gets to a, a level of status, quote unquote, is going to have haters. And you have to build very, very tough skin. Uh, if you don't have tough skin already, believe you me, they will come out of the woodwork when you least expect it. Um, so being persistently annoying, I think, sounds kind of funny, but it's true. You have to be in people's faces. If you want people to get to know who you are, you have to be in their face. When you think about old school advertising or old school marketing, I know when I was growing up as a kid, my parents used to have their faces on bus stops and in benches advertising their real estate business. Right. Do you guys remember that? Absolutely. That's yeah, literally sure. the RTD, bro. Yeah. I grew up the RTD. Anyone know that? No, Southern California. What's RTD love? stand for? Uh, Ralph Tresvant, something. No. <laughs> <laughs> RTD was the bus system in Southern California, man. So all the LA listeners, they know what's up with the RTD. So, <laughs> so you got to go old school. You got to RTD it, but on a digital medium. So here's the thing that I always say to folks to break this down, make it very simple for you. Social media marketing and traditional marketing advertising is all the same thing. It's just a different medium. There's no difference about it. What I just described to you with my mom and dad putting their faces on billboards and bus stops and benches back in the day is no different than me paying to now target to put an ad in front of you and you so every time you go on Facebook or every time you go on your phone, you see my face smiling at you, dropping keys, pitching you on what I do. Think about that. So it's ridiculously and obnoxiously being in people's face. Now, if you want to go more of the organic route, because for many years the the, the car that I played was to just build organic relationships one-on-one. It was going to groups on LinkedIn. It was going to Twitter chats. It was literally hitting people up one person at a time. The reality is this. The bigger your network gets, the less people you're going to be able to touch one-on-one. And I've been challenged by this so many times by folks to say, oh, man, now you'll have a bot engaging, you know, and connecting with people. But, hey, I'm going through and I'm identifying through that technology which exists who I want to connect with to weed out. Think of it like this. Think of it. We all talk about the sales funnel, right? Yes. So the sales funnel is like this wide. You know, I'm spreading like my, my arms really wide right now. This is like social media. It's a big ass ocean. You want to get to the point where you're down here where you're able to identify literally 40 or 50 people that legitimately are gonna refer you business, in my case, put me on stage or refer me clients, for you guys, same thing, give you clients. You wanna to get to that point. Who are those 40 to 50 people? You don't have to have millions of followers. That's just a vanity metric that looks very nice on paper. But you have to legitimately have people that can vouch for you that are activating on your behalf, selling for you, promoting the gospel of what you do. Connectors. Man. And that Connectors. takes a while to do. You can't automate that. And I say this, you guys are probably wondering, why the hell is this guy talking about bots and automation? So I've actually been, I've actually had some people throw shade at me for using bots and automation. And they feel that's not how you should be building a brand to a market. It's like, bro, I've been building a brand for 10 years now. I'm to the point now where it's like, I'm trying to cut through, trying to cut through all the seaweed, okay, to get to the pot of gold. And you have to be able now to, to just really get rid of like move people out of the way they're never going to buy your book they're never going to engage with you they're never going to consume your content and get to the people who are you know we we call that graduation man you graduate to that next level you know so people who don't see that they hopefully will get there one day and you said uh you've been in the shade uh, you know uh, what's that one uh, quote they say there is no there is no shade without sun right so 
that's where that's at. Right. Hey, congratulations on your award, by the way. Snapchat uh, Storyteller of the Thank Year, you. right? Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, that was uh, Hispanicize. Hispanicize is the largest U.S. marketing conference. Uh, they actually hold their event in Miami in April uh, cool. of this year. So I... I so you're gonna be out there in April. I'll, I'll be out. I'll be out there in April speaking. I also join their advisory board. Wow. So awesome. I'm helping them with bringing folks to the conference as well. And then last year I was awarded the Techlo Award presented by Hispanic Size. Congratulations. For uh, best. Yeah, that's super cool. Hispanic Snapchat storytelling. So storytelling, right, is really what a lot of the social media is. This is what you've grown to be known for, and now you want to help other people do it, right? So. I think that you know, when social media first comes about, it's easier to tell the story because there's one platform, right? And then there's two, and then there's three, and then there's four. And um, I think there's a lot of listeners who, similar to me, right, might struggle in figuring out, okay, where do I tell my story, or how do I tell it, or do I tell it differently on all these different platforms and stuff? And me personally, what I struggle with is I have two things I think I'm talented at, right? Selling and growing my business and wanting to acquire new actual clients who use my services as an advisor. And then building and teaching other people because we're growing you know, present financial, we're recruiting and trying to attract other like-minded people. So it's literally kind of two different stories, right? Like I gotta tell someone, this is what it's like to do this. Do you wanna come and join that story? Or can I become your advisor? Do you have to pick one, or can you tell both stories at the same I think time? You can absolutely, tell both stories. In fact, you know, going back to what I said before, people don't want to be sold to; they want to be engaged. Your stories what sells nowadays. I just spoke to you guys over the last however long we've been in here, and I've told you more about me than you have ever probably learned about following me on social media. And I can probably tell Appreciate you that. that now you feel a lot closer and connected to me as a person because I've told you these things. Correct. Mm -hmm. Same thing applies in sales and in business today. So there's a lot of folks out there that do what you do, whether you know, you're know you in insurance or mortgage or real estate or whatever industry out there, there's a lot of competition. You know, I do work within the real estate industry, with uh, specifically with Keller Williams. And when I train my agents with Keller, I let them know you've got two million real estate agents in the world today. So just because I'm advising you to get on social media and build your brand and how to use it, doesn't mean you're the only fish out there in the sea. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of sharks and there's a lot of whales. So you have to go ahead and win people over one by one using your story. So I'm a big fan of, of storytelling. Uh, obviously, I won the award you know, through Hispanic size, but in the world of business itself, you're constantly telling people your story. That's what makes them build trust with you. That's what makes them really feel comfortable to want to go ahead and, in this case, invest their you know, finances with you. Well, the grand fam is real, man. The grand fam is real. <laughs> um, so I got a lot of things going in my head I wanted to ask you. There's ask, this ask there's this idea, uh, anyone who's like a real thought leader, I, I want to answer this question for me over time, but last year I committed myself to this concept um, called 2037 Mindset. I kind of made it up in my mind and I said, January 1st, 2017 will be my last New Year's resolution. And I'm looking at now the 20 year vision and that will keep evolving until eventually, like in 20 years, that'll be my checkpoint to then say, all right, what's the next like 20? because it got super exhausting starting over every year and saying, okay, I didn't hit this goal, now let me recalibrate, what's my new goal? And I met so many people going through that. So I don't. you may or may not have ever thought about it, right? What's 2037 in your mind? If you were to say, okay, 19 years from mm -hmm. today, uh, is, there, is there anything that comes into mind that you would say, I definitely want this to be going on in my life, maybe personal, maybe business, maybe financial? So see, I'm 34 now, by then I will be, 
approaching my let's mid, say 54 55 my fi- mid 50s let's say 50th birthday what's going on for carlos i don't think i'd be ready for retirement yet even though like being like a ranch richard branson level of owning an island would be nice but no over the next 20 years <laughs> over the next 20 years it's really building guild media to be the next big media company let me add, as an entrepreneur do you think 20 years out i mean does that <laughs> has no. any, okay i, I just want to <laughs> know i mean this guy a 20 year 2037 mindset is real and i appreciate you bringing that to, to the table so you know share with us 20 years from now if, if you haven't thought about that what is that 50 with the there's a lot of different right? projects that i've thought about that i want to have my son is carlos gil the third so i'd like for him to be involved in what it is that i'm doing because obviously there needs to be someone to inherit the throne so to speak uh my son wants to get into broadcasting though and wants to work for espn so maybe there's some tie there at some point uh, ESPN that, won't look like it does today in 20 years. No, hey, probably not. Listening. It'll you probably be ESPN and VR. How, Maybe, how, how old is uh, Carlos? He's 12. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, you know, I honestly cannot sit here and, and tell you that I've thought about the next 20 years because I haven't. Uh, I used to be one of these folks that would think about when I was in my early 20s where I was going to be at this point in my life, and it's completely different. So I started really thinking about I had goals that I'm trying to achieve. And I have milestones and what I like to refer to as small wins that help me get to those goals. So, for example, writing a book is a goal. And it's taken me a very, very long, long time to get to that goal. I thought by now I would have probably written four or five books and been a New York Times bestseller. But that's not the case because life happens. And this is something that this is real talk. This is what I tell people all the time. You, you, you can't get so far down the path of your planning everything out in the way that you want it to happen because it's not going to happen that Ever. way. You do not go to school and, and, and learn about losing a job and what mm-hmm. to do when you lose a job. You do not go to school and you don't, you don't get an MBA and learn what to do if you fall into hard times and all of a sudden you have nothing and where do you go from there. Uh, these are just things that happen to the, to the best of us. Uh, things like you know divorce, you know job losses, bankruptcy. These are things that I personally encountered, and they're and they're probably the, the <laughs> things that have been the greatest of value to you. And they're the thing, yeah, and they're the things that have made me the person that's sitting in front of you today, or the person that when I go in a job interview or go in from a prospective client or jump on stage, people are like, all right, this dude's different, because I'm leveraging what has happened to me and I've used it as a way to learn to really mold me be the person I am. Over the next 20 years, a lot of things are going to happen to all of us sitting in this room. For sure. So that's ultimately what's going to probably shape the next 20 years of your life after that. So so um, where, where do you see this, this shift going? You know, you, you're a social media expert. This is your space. Where do you see it going? It's, it's changing so fast. What's next? I, mean, I want to be, you know, and actually this kind of goes back to your question. I, I tell this to friends in, in very, very small circles. But, uh, you know, we're here Thank literally you. in a small circle around <laughs> this table. So I'm going to share with you guys and with all your listeners out here, I want to be the Jay-Z of my industry. I want to be able to be both a performer and a producer. That's what I'm talking about. That's on, the 2037 mindset. There we go, my that's, man. That's what you're I want to be able to step on stage and perform and grab a mic and motivate, inspire, and educate the hell out of people. But I also want to be able to go behind the scenes and work with up-and-coming talent. Wow. And be able to produce them to be the next Carlos Gills, the next Gary V's, the next... Tony Robbins, next Lewis Howes, et cetera, et cetera. That's, That's cool, dope. man. Well, I could feel, I could feel the passion. I feel the energy. Uh, Carlos, thank you again so much for coming out here. Um, we're, we're excited to see you out in uh, Miami. Those of you that that have not yet had the chance, there's still time to get your tickets. Agent 2021 at Hard Rock Stadium. By the way, have you performed at a stadium before? At a stadium, I mean, this place holds like 30, 40,000 seats. I have not. I no. I'm really, I'm really curious to see what the setup's gonna be. 
at the the home of the it's Dolphins. It's all good inside. Like he's gonna be up there and be thinking like, damn, it's like Jay Z's gonna throw up the diamond like this, yes. right? And there'll be like the whole crowd out there, even though the whole stadium might not be filled yet. We'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Well, That's it's cool. exciting. It's exciting. I appreciate your time. The People's Advisor, Matt Franchina. Yeah, man. Great energy. It's super cool to see uh, another Cubano making it happen. I'm looking forward to some of Mom's home cooking in uh, in Miami. They'll see if I can get a. Um, uh, pastry of some type, right? Pastelito. Pastelito. Cafecito. Pan cubano. Right, we got to introduce Cena to that. I don't know if he's had any. Hey, else. man, I got the Cuban moves down, though, man. No <laughs> worries about that. So we're excited to see you guys out there in uh, Agent 2021 this week. 305 is a Dade County. Is that where we're headed out to? Then? Dade County. Yeah, that's it. You guys, is All Mindset Media. Your boy Cena is already CEO accredited uh, coming at you live. Good looking out, Mr. Carlos Gil. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. I love you guys. See you.